Hello there. Well, this is How to Let Go of the Fear of Failure, part two. So it's a short series of probably two podcasts. I may add to this in the future. But last episode was all about the experience of failure. If you haven't heard that yet, you may want to go back and listen in. In this episode, I want to talk about how we can conceptualize the way we approach the risk of failure so that we can let go of the fear of it. Hey guys and gals and non-binary pals, this is Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt, hosted by me, Sass Petherick. I'm a coach and supervisor and I'm a little bit obsessed with how we heal the root causes of our self-doubt. On the podcast, you can expect interviews with delightful humans and evidence-based resources and original coaching tools. So if self-doubt is holding you back, then Courage and Space was made especially for you with so much love. I'm so glad you're here. So one of the things that I've been noodling on and playing with over the last year is how we can approach the, this risk, this very real and alive risk for most of us, of failure and, and approaching it in a way that's really helpful. The way that I do this is to recognize the difference between an idea, a decision and a commitment. Let me talk about what I mean. So I first sort of started thinking about this floating in the Aegean Sea in Greece with my partner Ash. We were on holiday earlier this year and chatting about our impending sabbatical, we're calling it that, in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So we're moving back to our home country for a couple of years to spend time primarily with Ash's mum, who is in the last season of her life. And having lived in the UK for the last 20 years or so, this is a big change. And we were floating in the sea and I sort of had this realisation that I didn't really care where we were going to be living because the primary kind of driver for me is the commitment that I feel towards Ash. So it's like, oh, I'm committed wherever we are was this huge realization. And look, we've been married for 15 odd years. We've come very close to to separating a couple of times and we've chosen to come back to each other. We have worked on ourselves, worked together. Work sounds awful, doesn't it? I think it's more about kind of getting to know each other, peeling back some of our defense mechanisms and all the things we've learned from our own families to try and build a new construct. I tend to be a little bit avoidant. He tends to be a little bit anxious. And we've worked quite hard to get to a place where we're mostly in a place of a secure attachment. There's a deep friendship that underlies our relationship. We're, I feel like we're part of a team. There's lots of respect there. We like each other. And I also realized that, you know, if I wasn't with Ash, I would be looking for someone just like him. So it's a lot less admin to just stay. <laughs> so I'm all in. And we're doing this thing of going to New Zealand with so much uncertainty, but I'm committed. So whatever happens, I'm in. It's taken me probably about 10 years to really feel that quite deeply and honestly. And 
I think this is the thing that we need to figure out, our relationship with commitment. I think that's the thing you need to get at one with if you want to eliminate the fear of failure, if you want to let go of that. Because when you're committed, failure, however that looks and feels for you, whether it's quitting or letting something fizzle out, that kind of quiet quitting, or giving up when it just gets a bit hard, when you're committed, that's off the table. When you're committed, you you just keep going. And I think there is this big shift that happens between having an idea, making a decision, and becoming committed to it. I think there's a lot of different energy associated with each of these stages. And I can see that in my mind, I'm sort of imagining this as a way of deepening our relationship with whatever the thing is. So so no stage is wrong or better. I think they're all necessary stages, but it's super helpful to know where you're at, especially when we think we're committed, but really we're still making a decision. And, you know, I see this all the time with clients where we have ideas, dreams, things we play with and and sort of daydream around. That's super fun, right? That's often the best part. But some of our ideas never quite gain traction. They never move out of that idea phase. We never write the book proposal. We never take the relationship to the next level. We never buy the plane ticket. And this happens for lots of reasons. I think there's no right reason to to do this, it's more, it's worth reflecting on your reasoning. Do you love the reason that you've decided to not take an idea into the next stage? Some of our ideas do go into that place where we make the decision. All right, I'm starting a business. I'm dating after a relationship has ended. I'm dating again. I'm spending the next year healing my self-doubt in self-belief school. I'm moving to another country. I'm going to change my career. I'm going to go and retrain. We make these decisions and this often feels like the biggest leap. This often feels like, oh, okay, now I've made the decision. Hopefully it will just be, you know, reasonably smooth sailing. Or or if you're anything like me, you don't really even think past the decision. But of course, that's when we're in the reality of bringing our idea to life. And that's when we start to face, you know, it getting hard or we we come across setbacks or roadblocks or challenges or it just doesn't go as you imagined when you were playing with the idea. And we hit decision points. You know, do I keep going? These, I think, are key, key moments where we can make more decisions that edge us closer to a state of commitment. And, you know, I remember when I was doing my master's, I think we were about halfway through or just over halfway. I was also in my second year as a business owner, full time. I was still very much finding my feet with this work, had no real idea what I was doing. (laughs) I was very much a sort of, you know, if around and find out kind of state. And I had to complete this assignment for my 
MA. It wasn't an academic essay, which I find relatively straightforward. This was a poster assignment. So annoying. And so we've been really encouraged to be creative, which is, you know, the worst. (laughs) Anyhow, at the time it was due, I was also traveling to the States to host a retreat. And I was marketing my first group course, and I had a lot going on. I'd asked for and got an extension on my essay, my poster assignment, and the extended deadline was already approaching. And I remember I was on this train, one of those big silver American trains going up the Pacific Highway, Amtrak, um, and I had three hours on the train. And this was my decision point. If I didn't use these three hours to finish this assignment, I would fail the class. I, I would basically fail my master's degree or it would end. And I, so this was a decision point. Was I committed? Because if I'm totally honest with you, and why wouldn't I be? I think up until this moment in my life, I had a pretty well-established part of myself that you know, I sort of call the flaky McFlakester part of me. I was pretty good at leaving jobs, relationships, countries. <laughs> I, you know, I'm always looking for the exit route. I've, I'm pretty good at running away. I can let things fizzle out, quit, just move on. I love the energy of a fresh start. But I didn't love my reasons often for why I, you know, flaked out on myself. It felt like I was flaking rather than making a considered choice. So I'm on this train and I'm at this moment and if I don't finish this assignment today, in the next three hours, I will fail my MA. Am I committed? So what I ended up doing was handing in a very half-assed assignment on time. I don't remember much of the details, but I do remember that I didn't have time to complete the bibliography. I handed it in with my raw notes, you know, with sort of highlights and and question marks, you know, where the hell did I, is this reference from kind of thing. And I got the lowest mark of my course on that assignment with some question marks and a few stern words from my professor. But I finished the assignment and I ended up completing my MA and I ended up graduating with merit. I was three marks or two marks away from distinction, right? So I always think, oh, if I had actually sorted myself out before that moment on the train, I probably would have ended up with distinction. But honestly, that merit means everything to me because That moment on the train where I said yes to myself changed me. It shifted my self-concept. I decided I was no longer going to be flaky McFlakester. I was going to be someone who would finish this thing that I started. And I took responsibility for my decision and I committed to it. It was an imperfect commitment, right? Like I finished the thing. It was nowhere near my best work. But I'd moved into a new stage. I'd moved into the place of commitment. I was no longer making decisions about whether or not I was doing an MA. I wasn't negotiating. I was committed. And this is the thing. 
Failure is not possible when you're committed because I'd already decided if I failed that paper, I was going to repeat it. I realized that I was willing to spend an extra six months completing my MA. I was willing to miss out on graduating with my classmates. I was happy to, happy-ish, to tell people I hadn't passed a paper. It was more important to me to honor that commitment. I was committed until it was done. And the thing about that shift in my self-concept is that this has served me so well as a business owner. Like I'm nearly 15 years into this and I'm now far too used to my own autonomy and I have too many tattoos to ever be employed again. I'm committed. Through the recessions, through the leaner years, when inspiration eludes me for several quarters in a row, I'm committed. I trust myself to figure it out. And if that means maybe I'll need to get a job at some point to supplement my income, take the pressure off, so be it. And, you know, this became a reality for me during the pandemic when in those early days, you know, those first few months when no one really knew what was happening. And I was pretty fearful that, well, this is it for me. Coaching, my coaching career could be over. And I got to a place where I had made quite deep peace with working at the co-op, just as a random sort of example of a job that would still be needed even in the midst of a pandemic. And I thought I can show up to my little supermarket full of heart as a coach because it's nothing to do with the tools. It's who I am. It's my values. It's how I see myself and other people. So can I still be a coach? as a key worker supplying food and groceries to my community, absolutely. Right, I'm never not going to be doing this work because I'm committed. That is the difference, I think, between keeping making decisions and being committed. Commitment is the key to removing the possibility of failure. So I really encourage you to reflect on what are you really committed to? What are you still deciding about? But maybe you're calling it commitment. And I think the way to know that it, that you're still in the decision phase is the decision phase is more in the mind for me. It's often about weighing up risks and benefits. It's sort of like a new aspect of our identity that we're trying on for size. It might not feel like this is part of you yet. There's still a way out, right? But commitment is when I'll do what it takes until. I'm going to try things out. Some things won't work. But what can I do? How can I creatively solve this challenge? There's an energy of curiosity and creativity and courage to commitment. The other thing I notice about commitment is that it feels different. It's like it's of the body. It feels like it's been integrated into me. It's part of me, part of my being, part of my body. It's a part of my identity. So just notice, what are you committed to? Where do you feel that in your body? What are you willing to keep doing until? And then there is no way you can fail. You're never going to quit on yourself. 
One thing I know about the things we're committed to and the process we go through to keep that commitment rolling along is that it is a huge source of self-trust. We trust ourselves to keep going until. We trust ourselves to figure out the challenges and to have the psychological flexibility needed to respond to you know, external stuff that we can't control. One of the things we talk about in self-belief school is how self-trust gets formed when we keep promises to ourselves. And so this is a form of a self-fulfilling prophecy. When we're committed to something, we will keep going until we'll keep this promise to ourselves and self-trust gets born. And then that gets enhanced every time we keep a new promise. So this is, I think, the way through the fear of failure is to recognize that you can trust yourself, even if that's just to keep making the decisions until you feel committed and you'll feel it in your body. And it takes time to really sink into commitment. So we don't have to be in a huge rush, right? Just know that every single time you keep a promise to yourself, you're edging closer to that sinking into the commitment feeling. That's where I think real growth is possible for us, real shifts in our self-concept, who we know ourselves to be and who we are becoming. All right, loves, I hope this has been an interesting wander through the fields of failure and that this has given you something to consider in the way that you think about failure. I'm wishing you every single success. <laughs>